Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.com to get started. I'm Jason E. Jones, and thank you very much for listening. Hey guys, Moonshine Jones here with the Moonshine Jones Podcast. Let's talk about some of our sponsors, shall we? Jeff Jones is a car salesman at Victory Nissan and happens to be my big brother. Been selling cars for over 20 years. He's one of the top car salesmen in Middle Tennessee and around the state, even the southeast. If you're looking for a vehicle, he'll find you the vehicle you're looking for. Jeff Jones, car salesman, Victory Nissan, Dixon, Tennessee, around 40 minutes west of Nashville. 931-337-4405. Tell him Moonshine Jones sent you. All right, Vets for Vols, University of Tennessee plus veterans equals success. All right, guys, Tom Sauce Company, my infantry brother, Tom Endorf, started his own sauce company right now available on Facebook. They're taking orders right now. Tom Sauce Company, Tom Endorf. Facebook. Check them out today. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. hoo I have a dream that one day 
This nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. You see your war face. Sir, you got a war face? Ah! That's a war face. Now let me see your war face. Ah! Bullshit. You didn't convince me. Let me see your real war face. Hey guys, who's ready for Isaac Schreiber plus Moonshine Jones? It's vet to vet on the Moonshine Jones podcast. Hooah! Hey guys, it's the Moonshine Jones podcast. I'm your humble host, Moonshine Jones, along with my co-host, On Vet to Vet, it's Veteran Dad, Isaac Schreiber, my infantry brother, just started a show called, um, we're going to work on the name, (laughs) Vet MMA, sounds like something maybe, possibly, we'll we'll look into it, but you need to check out that show, your latest on what's going on with the MMA, we're looking at having some guests on in the the future, Uh, we got to check out the piggy bank and see... Um, how many dimes and quarters they want to come on the show because, you know, we have a huge budget. Welcome to the show, Isaac Schreiber. Well, thanks thanks again for having me and all these wonderful opportunities to talk about things I love. I enjoy every minute of it. Well, it's, um, you know, it's people like yourself that really make it worth, you know, doing and, it's it's an honor to have you on. Are you ready to get started? I am ready. Okay. Before before we get started, I just want to I wanted to share something with you. I didn't share with you off air. You know, we talk about twenty two a day. And by the way, uh, Isaac has a great story tonight. Um, we're also going to be. Uh, Working on this week on our uh, vet of the week, getting back to some normal stuff. I've had more surgeries here recently than um, uh, I don't know what, but uh, I've had a lot of surgeries. I just had a wisdom tooth, one wisdom tooth removed because my dental insurance plan wouldn't handle it. And my model girlfriend that lives in Monaco, she just didn't have, she didn't have the money. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I've been dealing with a little bit of pain here and there. But, you know, that's that's life. The older you get, that's the uh, the battle scars, yep. if you will. But I wanted to share that, something. That, uh, that Nigerian prince that you helped out months back, he didn't have that million for you? No, he uh, he said that uh, he gave me an IOU. Okay. <laughs> uh I wanted to talk about something. You know, we talk about 22 a day. And I've been going through depression for, I don't know, a large, large part of my life. And here lately, I was running, working out all the time. And then I find out I have four more hernias, two in my left groin and my right groin. 
and I can't work out right now. I can't run like I want to. I just had a removal of my wisdom teeth, and I got it without um, without anesthesia. I had the laughing gas in the local. But I just came off of hernia surgery a couple of months ago, and dealing with some shoulder issues, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, I got to tell you, Isaac, um, it, it is something I'm not proud to say. It's nothing against me. It's just part of my story. But today I was driving to an Uber in Screw Loose, Georgia, outside of Chattanooga. And I got to be honest with you, man. I don't know how to say this, but for the first time in my life, I didn't even just think about it. I actually felt like it would be a relief. Um, I want to tell you this, and I want to get your reaction to this, but I could hear the four, uh, the 410 or the 22 going off and me looking up at the sky and actually feeling relief. Um, I know that is a a really bad sign, but it's you know it's why we do the podcast. It's sharing things with people that people can relate with, and, and I put my heart into this podcast, and like I've tried to do with my life, and um, I I can't describe it any more than that. But for a moment there. I just wanted relief. I I just wanted to have peace. And um, this year has been so tough for so many people, but I've never felt anything like it before. I'm looking up in the Georgia sky, and I really, for the first time in my life, I, I, I don't know if it's because of just the severe pain that I was going through. I had a broken wisdom tooth and a cavity that was on the gums, but man, I, it, it really, it really scared me. And, um, yeah, that really scared me. I heard, I could hear a gunshot and there was no gunshots around, but I could hear the gunshot looking up in the sky and actually just feeling relief. And it really shows how absolutely crazy, in so many words, that the human brain can develop all these events and, and, and video and audio in your brain to where you literally can almost just see it. And it did scare me, but it just shows that depression is 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 just absolutely devastating and and um i'm hoping once this pain goes away i don't have the pain i had before but it's still it hurts because of the surgery and removing it but what are your thoughts on that have you ever experienced anything like that yes Yes, I have. Um, you know, I, I told the story before on a 
told it twice now on Veteran Dad. I was sitting in a chair in my ex's house when we were, we had just split. Um, I had a loaded 22 in a box. I mean, it was, it was a noise and the thought of my kids that saved my life. And otherwise I would have probably committed double homicide and a suicide in one day. Yeah. Just, I had the modes, the mode to do it. I had, uh, what they call the motive to do it. Means and motive. I had to do all of those, to carry out those, those things. And, and, you know, four years later, I'm so glad that I didn't. I still hit moments where, God, would my kids be better off with the insurance money, but I realized that money doesn't replace me. Um, and that I'll get through these moments as bad as they suck and as much as it would be a relief to leave this world. There are people that care about me and depend on me and I would be leaving them high and dry. And I want you to know something. You ever are feeling like that again. And I tell this to the listeners, to vet, to vet, or to, to the veteran dad show. I'm saying this, not only to you, brother, but to listeners of the Vet to Vet show right now. You are ever feeling like that again. This doesn't have to be an on-air thing. You call me. I, I, I may not have the means to get down to you or to, to financially help, but I will always have a minute or an hour or six hours to listen to whatever you're going through yeah. because I care about you. Mm. You know, I care about you. And I don't want to uh, go to call your your phone to tell you something like what I found out today that was just a great thing I wanted to tell you about because I knew you'd be as excited about it as I, as I was and have one of your family members give me the news on a phone call. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd rather sit up all night talking with you about it than to find out I got to make arrangements to go to Tennessee. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my feelings on this right now is that so often we feel alone and I just want you and and listeners to know you're not, I'm here. Because I've been in your position before and I battled depression my entire life too, since I was a teenager and I'm out of dealing with thoughts of that. Well, it's the reason why. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say it's the reason why that I, I didn't deploy to Iraq because I literally thought that what I was going through, I would have shot and killed myself, you know, in Iraq. And I, um, and also I knew that my brain, my mind wasn't where it needed to be. And going over there, no matter how small the mission was, doing convoys or whatever we were doing that you have to be in the moment. You can't be thinking about, you know, someville, Tennessee or whatever. You got to be thinking about what you're doing because you, you're part of a team and you can cost people their lives. And so I'm dealing with that. Um, and I wanted to share that, and I appreciate you sharing what you shared, 
And I definitely suggest people listen to Veteran Dad. Um, I don't know what we're trying to accomplish here, but I think that we're making a difference. I think that there's people that are listening. If one person, and I mean this with all my heart, if one person can listen to testimony from somebody that has dealt with depression and and literally can listen and can can go from it and maybe change their path, then we have done what we're trying to do on this podcast. I, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, that was... When I heard about the situation here near my... Again, near where I live with that veteran that I've talked, I've talked about it on recently on the Veteran Dad Show, a Marine veteran that killed his estranged wife's new yeah. lover. Yeah. I was like, if I could have found a way to get that guy to listen to my show and everything I talked about and being right where he was, maybe, maybe, he, maybe he, that other guy would be alive and he wouldn't be looking at prison and his kids wouldn't be growing up without their dad. And I got I, I got to tell you this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I mean this. You know, I can still consider myself possibly would like to go back to Vegas and get, really give this comedy a shot and try to get on the road whatever capacity I can and develop my comedy. But this is different. This is... You know, when I do a biography on somebody or I do the Tennessee Vols or we talk about the Wisconsin Badgers, it's all just a part. But the grand, the grand picture is people being able to see that myself and you and others are real and that they can relate with us. Because the greatest thing that you can miss in life is not being relatable to people. And when you're not relatable to people, then you're not going to get... I want people to love what we do. I want people to continue to be excited when we do what we do. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm, I'm, I'm very... You know, I'm emotional. And also, last week, my dad... It's been a year since my dad's been gone... So, you know, inside of our brains, you know this, Isaac, we have things that we don't even think about that are subconscious in ourselves, and it makes us, it really brings us um, either down or can bring us up or whatever, but just because you're not thinking about it, I think that inside your brain, there's a whole world going on, and it's just, it's like, (laughs) it's like, uh, the clip that, especially in mine, the clip that it wants to show you is what you're going through right now. But everything else that's going on is an entire galaxy in your brain because it, it's it's truly amazing all the things that that our senses, that our brain, and our emotions can do. Um, that's how we have movies that we have today because people have saw over time cinema turned into cinema because people could see that in their brain. They could see how things are broken down, you know, piece by piece. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just, uh, it's, I'm, I'm very, 
emotional because of everything's been going on. But I continue to I continue to praise God and thank you for my tribulations and my um, and my gifts in my life um, because He has a perfect plan. We don't know what it is, but I believe in it, and it's a perfect plan. And I uh, I just want to. Yeah, you know, I just I'm just hoping that that once this this tooth heals up and 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 then now I'm not working out again and that bothers me because I, I enjoy working out and running. I mean, my thing was I was going way too hard, but it's just all I know, you know. That's all I know. I can't I can never half uh you know, half ass it when it comes to something I love because it's it's who I am. So it sucks because I'm dealing with these hernias and it just, you know, but there's a lot of people that have a lot worse than I do. So I I have that, but, um, uh, go ahead. Um, if you can remember where you were, I just, I just wanted to share, I was just, this is definitely an emotional show and hopefully again, people can hear it and, and uh, they can hear both of our stories because what you're saying, you know, it was uh, you were dealing with something with your your lover, your your wife, and and then throwing into what you're going on with, you know, it's uh, it changes things. But I don't have kids. Um, I'm a very believe it or not, I'm a very uh, private person. Most people could never believe that, but I am. I uh, spend a lot of time by myself um, just listening to music or watching a movie or something. and um, it, it is what it is, but uh, I'm just glad that uh, I'm glad that you you have your kids and I'm glad that you you thought about that and it, it really changed your perception on things. Well, you know, it, it did because in a split second of hearing the noise, I was able to realize that if if I killed her and her new lover and myself, my kids are going to find me and her and him. And how is this going to look, you know? Like, what is that going to do to them? And, it, and in that moment, I just cried. You know, I'm not too much of a man to admit that. I just cried. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. And I started making positive changes in my life. And it was shortly after that that I, I developed the whole idea that I've talked about before on this show and others that I try not to let anything into my life that doesn't make me happy. Yeah. If it brings me complete misery, I just, I, I got to stay away from it. Um, and I started that with actually... Uh, <clears throat> blocking and unfriending her on social media after our split because I was constantly seeing these images and yeah. and pictures of her happy with this other guy and it was just too much for me at the time. So I just I, I said, hey, we have each other's phone numbers for when it comes to the kids. Other than that, I gotta have zero contact. With you. Yeah, I just have to. Yeah. But now, like on the most recent episode, four years later, on the most recent episode of veteran dad we're able to sit down and have a conversation about all of those things and how she felt like that was a real possibility of the outcome of what happened yeah. with that 
Marine veteran in this area, and that I very much could have done that. Um, and I, I told her she wasn't wrong. You know, I confessed to her the whole thing that happened that night. You know, and neither of us got upset or, or yelled. It was, it's all about, you know, just making positive changes. People will see when you become a better person or a different person or you start to make positive changes, people will notice that. And they'll either gravitate towards you or they'll gravitate away. And if they gravitate away, you didn't need them. Yeah. You know, I- and talk about things creeping up and just creating a depression that you don't even think about until you step away, like you're talking about with, with it coming up on a year of since your dad had passed. Um, as an Irish American, I love St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Love it. One of my favorite holidays. You know, I just, I just enjoy it because everybody else tries to be us for one day. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody tries, else tries to be us for one day. And uh, that's actually when I started dating my ex-wife, um, St. Patrick's Day, 2008. So 2017, St. Patrick's Day is coming right around the corner, and I'm just miserable. I don't know why. I'm not really thinking about that it's coming up on the anniversary of you know, when we had met and all this stuff. It's just I'm, I'm depressed. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not answering phone calls or responding to text messages with more than one word. I'm just, like, just becoming a recluse and just closing myself off from everybody, including uh, my girlfriend at that time, who's still my girlfriend, I don't know how, this many years later. Um, But I just went around it the wrong way, you know, and I, I, I didn't. I just stopped talking to the people that cared about me, which was the wrong way to deal with it. Uh, but it eventually it's, it's gotten easier and I back to loving St. Patrick's day. So, um, I guess, I don't know what the purpose of that was, but other than to say that I am, you know, I understand how those things can just creep on you. Well, I was going to say this. I, um, I want to bring up Facebook. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and i deleted the app because, and I'll, 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 I mean, it's part of what we're trying to do here with the podcast, but it's just, uh, it's just too much, man. It is, 
I mean, you get on here, and believe it or not, I'm scrolling through here, and I can't seem to find hardly any negative stories. Well, here we go. Um, acting like a child on national TV nor division isn't the way to run a country. Um, and then Biden-Harris 2020 uh, was the mass mandate lifted in Tennessee because stores have, I mean, just, and these aren't bad. This isn't normal. I don't know where all the negative stuff is, but it's usually blah, blah, da-da-da, next person. Blah, 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 negative, 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 da-da-da. Blah, 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 negative, negative, next person, and... I brought it up before. I really believe that it has a large part part to do with where we are as far as suicides are in this country. I, I don't disagree with you, man. That you know, I, I've said that before. That I I think you're right. Um, Y'all have memories that'll pop up. You know, Facebook's got that stupid. You check out your memories from a year ago, from twenty years. You know, of that kind of thing. But sometimes I enjoy looking at them because I'm like, I read it. It's like, oh, this day is the worst day I've ever had. Could get any worse. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell happened. It really couldn't have been that bad because I don't remember it. I don't remember what was so terrible about that day that I posted it was the worst day ever. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, so that to me almost sometimes reinforces that, you know what? Just because it feels like the worst moment of my life. It's probably not. <laughs> well, probably no, I'm not with you. Remember this in a year, but it's just—it's just so much, man. People taking, you know, the 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 worst is when women that are married take pictures of themselves over and over, and they're like, you know what they're doing? They're fishing, and it's like, I mean, it just. It just over and over, and then then you have the guy saying, "I hate my life," and blah blah blah. And um, did you guys see that debate? And just on and on and on and on. It's like I I know everybody's different, and people don't go through the depression that me and you have went through. But excuse me, you and I have went through. <laughs> but uh, I. I'm I'm a product of of I hope I'm saying this right of my environment to a degree because I'm I'm the kind of person that needs to be around positivity and it just um whew, just Facebook is so overwhelming with so many just on and on and on just negative negative stuff and it just and, I mean, and people will say, well, don't you use Facebook to promote this show and the podcast? I'm like, well, yeah. I'm Just because I do that doesn't mean that I agree with everything it does. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a social branch that helps people see what we're doing. But, I mean, it doesn't mean that it's perfect by any means. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And I said it the last time we talked about Facebook. It's a tool. That's all it's supposed to be is a tool to connect people with each other. It was meant to be a connected piece, but instead, 
has been used as a major dividing piece. Everybody bickers. Nobody, you know, nobody can have a differing opinion and talk about it like an adult. Yeah. They got to scream and point fingers, and half of these guys are standing in their mom's basement eating an egg salad sandwich that mom made mm-hmm. from her job. You know, yes. the gut's bursting out. They ain't ever done anything with their life. They never, you know, left the privacy of their basement, and they're Mr. Tough Guy, and they're going to argue with you and tell you about how they'd beat you up if they saw you in real life and they can't even get out of the chair in their mom's basement. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Do you think? Do you think that? Do you think that? Do you think I'm onto something here? Well, I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm coming up with the theory of relativity here. But do do you think I'm onto something, or people are onto something when they say that Facebook contributes to suicide? I do. I I, I said it. But I agreed with you the last time we talked about it and said that. I said it could be used properly, it could be the tool that prevented it, but it's not used properly, and unfortunately, it's there's constant bullying on there, and yeah, and that, that doesn't help, you know, belittling when people already feel down. You know, some of the stuff you see is, oh, man, I feel really depressed, and it's probably somebody reaching out a last-ditch attempt for some some connectedness. Yeah. And, oh, you're being a little... And you, you'll yeah. see comments, oh, you're being a little bitch. You ain't going to do nothing. You talk about this all the time. You're an attention-seeking little whore or whatever it is that they say. And then all of a sudden, the next day, you see, you know, we found this person <laughs> in a field or swinging from a rafter. And yeah. it's just because people are are just so mean to each other. Because they don't have to face the consequences of saying whatever mean, terrible thing they feel like saying. Are you a... Uh... Yeah, there used to be consequences. There used to be consequences. You used to get say something like that to somebody's face and you'd get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And then you probably wouldn't say it anymore. But now you can hide behind a screen. Well, a man's handshake used to be, and I'm guilty of it, I went through my moments, but a man's handshake used to be all you needed was his word. And the evolution of man as far as the internet and things like that goes, your word means nothing now. To a degree. No, well, and then you see shows like, not that MTV is a great source of information, but they got shows like Catfish and another one now called Ghosted. Yeah. You know, the fact that catfishing even exists just shows how completely thoughtless human beings can be. Yeah. Like, you know, they create a fake, you know, it, it sometimes is a man creating a fake, it's all the stuff they've ever warned you about, creating a fake Facebook account of a woman, catfishing some poor young guy, or vice versa, you know, convincing them that there's somebody that they're not. Yeah. These people share everything with these people and then are devastated when they find out that it's all been a lie. Like, what? You're tricking people to make yourself feel good? Yeah. Like, where's this supposed to go? That's. You're, so you're going to eventually cause someone to feel, when they find out the truth, how you felt before you created this fake account. Like, are you. 
nobody thinks anything through. They don't think about actions, consequences for their actions. They just act and do these just stupid, thoughtless crap. And I, I don't know, you know, I end each, not the MMA show because we're talking about fighting. I don't feel like it. Be good to each other at the end of an MMA yeah, show. Right. Doesn't sound right to me, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I, I remind everybody at the end of every episode of Veteran Dad to be good to each other and to be kind, because you just never know what somebody else is going through, and why do you need to be the person that adds to that? Well, I was on, um, and I, get, I was just going to say I was on Vol for Life the other day, and uh, for Tennessee fans, it's like eighty-five thousand people. And this one guy that is on my Facebook, he's not very internet literate. And he just got on there and asked, hey, uh, when is Tennessee playing Missouri and where's it on TV at? And this guy decides to come after him and go, Google uh, does miracles. And I just called him out. I said, is there a reason why you needed to do that? Is there a reason why you needed to, you know, you don't know this guy, and I've talked with him, and, I mean, is there a reason why you needed to just be a complete prick to somebody? And, you know, he was like, oh, oh, so you're uh, something. I don't know what he said. He said, oh, you're flexing on your podcast. I said, last time I checked, I didn't think you could flex on a podcast or on the Internet. Um, so, I mean, it just, we have created a new person that, I'm glad this was brought up because I have something to, to tell you. I'm changing every, every day we change, you know, Isaac, and I'm going to tell you right now, man, I don't think. I think people are holding on to an America, and I hope this doesn't come off wrong, that really just doesn't exist anymore. And I, I, I know what I believe. I love my country. But you've got kids now that just don't see the way that we saw it. And it ain't like when me and you were growing up compared to people that were 20 years older than us that are now in their you know, 60s or late 50s, this is a completely different thought process. So I'm starting to believe, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I think that's why I've been in a little bit of, not a little bit, I'm hell I was talking about, you know, <laughs> visualizing ending my life today. But, I think that that's why I'm so emotionally lost right now because this year has been so draining in so many different ways. And I don't think that the kids now, they're they're not going to see the same United States that we saw. They're not going to look at things the fault. same. It is our fault. Completely. That's our fault. It, um, because you got to think, these kids, they're – our generation, our age's kids, we're the ones raising them. So if they're disrespectful and don't understand the greatness of the Constitution or paying your respects to those that paved the way, that's on us. 
If we allow the internet and television to raise them, that's on us. It is. It's our fault. We have nobody to blame for the way this generation, next generation is, but ourselves. Yeah. And we're the only ones that can fix it right now. So, as an example, today, what we're going to talk about a little later, the thing that I went to today, I brought my, we brought our uh, eight-year-old daughter with. and told her exactly why we were doing what we were doing. Yeah. You know? And like I said before, through my actions, not because I've ever told him or made him, but because I do it myself, if my 15, almost 16-year-old son sees a veteran in public wearing, you know, something that identifies him as, as yeah, a veteran. Yeah, which, the hat. Otherwise, you're not going to know. Right, the hat. The hat or, or a yeah. uniform, any of that. He goes up and he thanks them for, his service, for their service. Yeah. Not prompted by me, not any, you know, he... Ran off on me at one time at a gun show, and I'm trying to find him, and there he was, 13 years old, telling a uh, desert storm pattern, thank you for his service. I mean, your kids follow your example. There's a yeah. lot more to the nurture than there is than people think. What you show your kids and how you speak about this country and how you speak about how to show respect to the elders and those that came before you. It's how your kids are going to be. And if you're disrespectful, this is going to sound maybe like some real, real wishy-washy, but if you're disrespectful to your own kids and to, to other people in front of your kids, they're going to be disrespectful because that's all they know. Oh, yeah, well, exactly. Uh, people aren't born with racism. They're taught with racism. They're taught to look at things differently. Um I believe this, Isaac, that the kids today are locked in worldwide. They're locked in with the Internet, and it's not even the Internet anymore. It's the extension of who they are. People can't even walk without looking down at their phones. And I finally just started, you know, I would look at that because I know the way I grew up and how this country was it's never been perfect there's no country that's perfect every country has its faults but the way we grew up was so simple and but these kids today they're not going to want a united states that does things on their own they're going to want an international country and whether we like it or not it's 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 the facts um, in in four years, the kids now are are, are going to vote, and th they're not heard right now. But in four years, you're really going to hear the millennials, the younger millennials, and Generation Z are going to be voting, and it's not going to be conservative. It's going to be towards a a social. You could say liberal. Um, we use the word liberal and racist like it's going out of style. Like that's the last words that we could ever, you know, how many times can you say it in a day? We say racist and liberal I, and, you know, fascist now. I fear, I fear that you're wrong. What I mean that I fear that you're wrong is that talking to my 
15, almost 16-year-old and his friends, they see no point to voting. That's sad. Well, I, wouldn't, feel I like was going to say that. that, that but, no matter yeah. what's that? I was actually thinking that, but I wasn't going to say it. But you hit it on the head. Go ahead. You know, you said, what's, what's the point? I can vote for one person, and the Electoral College is going to decide who they want, and it isn't going to matter who I vote for. Well, if you go by the I'm popular like, no, it's vote. it's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> but if you go by you the know? popular vote, you're going to let New York and California and Texas decide who your president is. Uh, the biggest thing, what we need to, we need to start letting, freedom's options, my friend. Freedom is choice. And right now, I said this to somebody earlier today, right now your choice is, it's like, I'm going to whip you with a belt, or you can go out and cut a switch. Those are your two choices. You're getting beat either way. Yeah. But do you want the switch, or do you want a belt? And that's the two-party system. You can get beat either way. How do you want to get beat? There's no freedom without choice. When you're limited to two, that's not very many choices. That's like you can have a Burger King hamburger or a McDonald's hamburger. But you're going to have a hamburger. Well, the, the president <laughs> doesn't have as much power as what people think. They have power, but you have the Senate and the House that really... I mean, the president can only do so many things. He, he only has so many uh, elector, uh, executive decisions that he can make. Um, it, it, he has to have everything damn near approved to the House and the Senate. So, But, but that two-party system works there, too. You know what I mean? That's, that's the biggest problem. So then you get, you got two people running to be your congressional representatives for your district and your state, and you again you got a ham sandwich or you got a ham sandwich with some cheese on it. Well, hmm, I like cheese. Then you got the guy that doesn't like cheese. But what I'd really like is maybe a giant burrito, but that's not an option. Okay. Well, we have. You know what I'm saying? Like the choices should be bored. We need to to not be barring other working so hard to keep third parties from, from having a chance because choices is what's real freedom. When you limit choices, you limit freedom. Well, here's your problem with the third party, especially right now, whether we want to admit it or not. I think we were talking about the other day that your, your two options are, are Trump or voting against somebody that are voting for somebody that isn't Trump. Nobody's voting for Joe Biden because it's Joe Biden. They're voting for, that I know of, they're voting for Trump or they're voting because it's not Trump. And that's your two, that's your two options. And I truly believe this. The reason why you're not getting more of a third party candidate in there is because that will take away generally independent voters tend to vote more to the left. I, I could be wrong about that, but I believe independent voters usually de- are independent, usually more independent to the left because they're usually people that are um, a libertarian, that they, like yourself, that they believe in less government, they believe in more personal freedoms and things like that. So 
you tend to not have Here's somebody. what's funny, though. Yeah. What I get all the time, and I get it from both sides, and it's absolutely hilarious to me. Yeah. And it's kind of the same the direction you were going. And I get it. I have conservative friends of people I work with that are going to vote for Trump. They've already made that decision. Yeah. And they say, you know what? I like that Jorgensen that you're going to vote for. God, if I vote for her or you vote for her, Biden's going to win this election because you're taking votes away from Trump. Yeah. But no, I'm giving votes to Joe Jorgensen. And if all of you that thought the way you think right now voted for Joe because she's the better option, she might have a freaking chance, especially given the new Supreme Court ruling that the Electoral College has to go the way of their local constituents' popular vote. Yeah. Ah, you know, like, come on, now is the time better than any. And then the, I get it. Well, you don't care about marginalized people or their problems if you're going to vote with third party yeah. and allow Trump yeah, yeah, to win yeah. again. And I'm like, no, no, you know what? How's this for an argument? We've had the same two options for 150 years, and life hasn't gotten all that much better for marginalized people under either system's control. So how about we give a third party an option who might actually change some shit and give a damn? Well, see, I disagree with that. I mean, in 150 years, we came up with the uh, the 19th Amendment that allows women to vote. Uh, we have the, um, what the, the 13th Amendment. That, uh, read that thirteenth, read that thirteenth amendment closely, and then look at what the war on drugs and what some other things have done. The thirteenth amendment allows for free people, correct? Yes. There's no slavery, correct? Except, what's the exception? Do you know what the exception is? What is the exception? Incarcerated individuals. Immediately after passing that, they started vagrancy and loitering laws, and immediately in the South locked up all the slaves that had just been freed because they had nowhere to go and used them to rebuild the South. But we haven't had slaves in this country since, I mean, really, 1865. Not real slaves. You are correct. Not right. a technical term where they're owned. Our slaves now serve like a 20-year sentence, and then they get out, and if they fuck up again, they might serve as a slave for the rest of their lives. The prison system was set up to be the new slave system. Yeah, but the thing is, though, you don't see, you don't, that I don't see, you don't see chain gangs, you don't see uh, prisoners no. building buildings and, and things like one, that. One I'm, thing that's been kept quiet, though, is in these privatized prisons, and, and they don't want you to know about this, but companies like Walmart, J.C. Penney was one of them, once it got out that Walmart did, they stopped being a part of it. But Walmart, JCPenney, and other corporations, a lot of their brand name stuff was being made in the prison from prison labor. It cost them nothing. Yeah. And they're going to charge us $10 for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's being done in a factory sense now rather than out in the open where you can see that they're using chain gangs. Yeah. Or pressing license plates. It's done inside. Well, and, and that's that's. I mean, it, I still and, think we have the greatest. I still think we have the greatest um, country in the world. I think the U.S. Oh, Constitution, I love this country. the Constitution, you is still that. the greatest 
document as far as giving so many people freedom. I mean, go to how many countries can say that that a, that a black person, an African-American or African descent has ran the free world, was, was the, the president for two terms, was the president of this country. And a woman recently came within uh, you know, a certain number of votes to being the uh, the leader of the free world. So I, uh, I, I'm not saying that I don't love this country. You know better than oh, that. I know what that. I, no, I do. My, I'm just saying my, that this country is, my in my is, opinion, the greatest. Is we have we have a little ways to go. You know. Well, you're never going to reach a utopia. That's never going to happen. Oh no, no. But we have, you know, we. To those people out there that think that nothing needs to change in this country and this country doesn't need to change and grow, you just, everything needs to change and grow. Things just are different. Well, by the middle of this century, you're going to be looking at Hispanics being the, the majority. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, that's just the truth. And listen, I don't care. I've always said this. This ain't the white states of America. I just want people that are law-abiding citizens that are doing the best that they can. And with that being said, I believe that in the next 10 to 15 years, we will see our first uh, Hispanic Latino president. I think you're going to hate this prediction. I think in four years, if Trump is reelected in four years, we're going to get an independent you are going to see your first. You're going to get your first black woman president. Oh, that's fine with me. I don't care. It's going to be Kamala Harris. Oh, God. That's another story. Yeah, I, you didn't let me finish. Okay. <laughs> but that also depends on how things go with with her uh, upcoming debate with Mike Pence. But, but you know, isn't that, that the again. isn't that the definition of racism when you choose somebody or or or, or talk with somebody or favor somebody because of the color of their skin and not the content of their character? I don't disagree with you there. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I think that depending on how she does it with this debate, she might gain some followers. 
I think she's going to do. And with what you said about what did you say was going to happen in four years? I the younger generation likes yeah. what she has to say. They're going to be the ones voting in four years. I think that in four years we may get our first independent, and I'm going to go down your your road here and say we're going to get our first independent president in the United States history, possibly. That would be fantastic by me. You know that. Um, we need new, fresh ideas, and you get that by getting new people in. Well, speaking of fresh ideas, let's take a quick break here. This is going to go down as the longest uh, episode in the history of the Moonshine Jones Show in our short two-month history. So we will be right back. Yes, we're celebrating two months here on the Moonshine Jones podcast. Um, This is the 88th episode, so it's pretty good. We'll be right back on the Moonshine Jones podcast. All right, we're back here on the Moonshine Jones podcast. And we hope that you enjoyed the first segment. This will go down as the longest episode we've done. We've been talking about suicide. We've been talking about Facebook. If there's a connection with suicide. We've been talking about politics and the future of our country. And to a lot of people, it would surprise people, but, you know, I've been out here on the corner waving an American flag and around thousands of people, and I'm proud to do it, and I'll continue to do it. But I'm starting to realize that we are dealing with a group of people like Isaac brought up about his kids that may not be interested in voting. They may not feel like their vote counts. But I say again, the reason why we have the Electoral College is so that New York and California, and then we have Texas, and New York and California, well, you can just... (laughs) California doesn't even need to vote. Just go ahead and throw... They should just start off with 51 or I believe it's 51, uh, for California, because it there, there's no way in Hades that they're voting anything but Democrat. And then Democrat for New York, and then Texas generally goes Republican, and the state of Texas is changing. Austin is, is, is big, all your major cities. Um, you're right there on the, uh, on the international border of Mexico. Um, I could see in the near future Texas going blue. So if that's the case, then that's why I bring that up, is you're going to have two out of three right now that are red, excuse me, blue, and they're deciding the votes. So the Electoral College gives all the states, for the most part, you know, you take out the the two and the four, but like my state of Tennessee is eleven. What's Wisconsin? Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I know it's usually a, a swing state, and a lot of times it can be very instrumental. But give me one second, I'll get right back with you. Let me uh, let me look that up. Um, let's see what I find. 
Let's see if I get it before you do. Ten. Ten. Okay, so our states are very similar. In fact, with Tennessee and Nashville becoming what Nashville's turning into damn near Atlanta now, if that makes any sense to people out there, uh, it, it may replace Atlanta as far as the the major city in the South. Uh, it's just ridiculous how many people are moving to Nashville. Uh, but right now, Tennessee with 11, Wisconsin with 10, you know, you you give you take away that and you give the popular vote, then you lose. Then people would really say, well, my vote doesn't count. Because then it's New York and California and Texas. They decide the vote. They decide the election. See, Wisconsin flip-flops a lot. Yeah. Wisconsin is never red or blue. Right. You just don't know what they're going to come come in. At. Yeah, you, you don't, and a lot of that is, you know, our more populous areas are the Milwaukee area, including Kenosha and uh, what is it, Port Washington, and, and and those areas like that. And then Green Bay is probably going to be a little bit more to the blue side. But then you get over here by where I'm at, and I just made a motorcycle trip up, what, two weeks ago to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I'd say I probably could count on one hand how many Biden signs I saw. Yeah. But I I don't have enough. I don't have enough fingers and toes to count how many up. Yeah. Pet signs I saw. It's just this area is very rural all the way up there to the UP. And it's more, it's, it's traditionally red. Um, but I always, you know, I speak my mind and I always vote my conscience. I always have. Yeah. Um, and I got a text message today from the guy running for state assembly on the Republican ticket. Mm-hmm. And I told him there is no way I'm voting for your racist ass. He said, yeah. I'm not a racist. I'm like, well, then why were you sharing tweets from uh, Duke's? who's the head of the KKK for the longest time, if you don't share racist views. David Duke? never responded back. David yeah. Duke? Yep. Well, those are the kind he of people... tweets and videos from David Duke and then say he tried to delete them once he started running for office, but they got brought back up because once it's on the internet, it's there. Yeah. Well, those are the kind of people that we should use the word, the R word, racist with. We, we, I, I think it's going to get to the point in the future where they're like, you drive around, if you go, um, you're lucky enough to get fast food, which helps our health tremendously. They say, uh, that'll be 1032, sir. Uh, by the way, would you like any racism with that? Excuse me? What's that? What? What? <laughs> You know, we talk about New York and we talk about how liberal they are, but I saw something today. We talk about the negativity of Facebook. So I'm going to share two positive things. Well, one positive thing that's positive for both New York and Facebook, because I saw it on Facebook. Yeah. Um, there's a car dealership in the state of New York. I don't know what 
town it was in, and unfortunately I can't remember the name of it, but they had a 104-year-old World War II veteran come in to buy a 2020 Chevy Sonic, I think it was. Um, and they came up to him, and, and at first this is going to sound bad. They said, we're sorry, sir, but we can't, we can't sell you this car. And he asked if it was credit, stuff like that. They said, no, it's because of everything you've done for this country. We will not let you buy this car. We're going to give you this car because oh, wow. we cannot repay the debt that you paid for us. Jeez. So this is our way of thanking you. And, you know, I think he's 104 years old. He'd never paid a car off anyways. So how awesome of them to relieve his family of that possible future debt and to thank that veteran for what he'd done for this country and just give him a car. Brand new car so he can ride around his last days in, in comfort and style. What do you I think that's what do you think it is to the kids other than they're not really teaching history now from what I understand, but what do you think it is that would change their perspective on things? Do you think if I think this, I think when it goes to Pearl Harbor, when it goes to this has been brought up and this is, is it, it just proves where we are. Listen, I understand what was going on in the forties. Um, but, uh, yeah, there were white men that went on the beaches of Normandy. But instead of looking at them as just white men, why not say they actually made the country that we have today? I mean, that's what I get. It just blows me away that people bring that up. What did everybody say on 9-11? What did everybody say 9-11-2001? Everybody. I'm not talking white, not talking black. I'm talking the entire country. What we, did we all say we are after Americans. that happened? We're Americans. And we will never forget, right? Yeah, right. The problem is we've all forgotten. We all forgot what it felt like on September 12th, yes. 2001. That's the feeling we need to remember again because everybody loved this country. Everybody loved each other. Everybody was an American. And F anybody that wanted to change that or harm us. And what happened on, uh, on had November 12th? <laughs> you know, yeah. Everybody is flooding. We're, we're flooding the recruiting offices and, you know, things like, things like that. And, yes, you know, 80 years ago was our view towards, towards our, our black brothers and sisters that wanted to join the service wrong? Yes, they were. Were there guys that should have, and I've seen the examples, and guys, that, black soldiers that should have gotten the Medal of Honor that didn't because of the color of their skin, and eventually that was righted? Yes, it did. But, you know, even up to 10 years ago, we didn't allow gays in the military. That's starting to change. Yeah. You know, we change as we grow. And as we get better. How many countries can say better. that, Isaac? It, How many countries can say that? Not not as many as people would like to think. Exactly. You know, so yes, we have made mistakes. Just like human beings in general. We have made mistakes. But we're trying to not make those same mistakes in the future. It doesn't mean that we have to forget. We should never forget the past. 
just because the past is ugly. I'm sorry. Life is ugly. The world is ugly. War is ugly. That's just a fact. Those are not pretty things. I was watching this uh, episode on Netflix, and this girl, when she was born, it's... You ever saw... um, uh, Shoot. uh, Black Mirror? No. Okay, you need to check this out. Very sci-fi, but kind of with very um, just a great show um, episodes-wise. And what it does, it shows the future and why we should be afraid of the future and technology. Well, this girl in the future, she, at an early age, she had a um, she had blockers in her brain that wouldn't whenever her um, adrenaline would start to go up or things were um, in her eyes, her brain would sense that were very uh, angry and they could pick up all these things that we can't even figure out today. It would block out and she couldn't see it. So what happened in the future was that she she didn't know how to handle anything. And that's that's how a lot of the kids today are being raised. They're... They didn't go outside and play in the dirt. That's why you're seeing more and more kids today getting sick because they didn't build an immunity at an early age. Shit, I didn't play in the dirt. I ate it. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know how the hell we made it, to be honest with you, all the stuff that we did as kids. Oh, I I absolutely agree with you. But... it's crazy how I, I feel bad for my kids sometimes and all the stuff that they've missed out on that we used to do. But I almost think it's generational too. Like we had video games, you know, and yeah. Nintendo that came out. Our kids, our parents were like, "What is you know?" Yeah, what what's that? This? Yeah, why are you inside the house? Yeah, get your butt outside, and go play. And I, I find myself still having to do the same thing. Get off of it machines and go outside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and it's, the problem is parenting isn't easy, man. It's not, it's, it's not an easy thing. So when you can throw a movie on or TV or pop a tablet or a computer in front of them and have 45 minutes of just absolute silence to yourself, <laughs> It's an incredible, you know, but the problem is you shouldn't be using, you know, I understand you need a little bit of space, but use it for only 45 minutes or an hour, give them an yeah, hour. Exactly. That gives you an hour of peace. And then boom, outside you go to play. Because that should also give you some peace. The problem is it just becomes too easy to let them be quiet and doing their thing. And, you know, it's... The internet makes parenting scary too, especially if you're raising girls. Oh yeah, and the predators that are out there on the internet and, yeah. and the stuff that happens. I mean, Jesus, it's almost worse because you don't know who they're talking to. Like I try to monitor everything. My kid knows. My 15 year old knows if I say, "Give me your phone," he unlocks it and hands it to me. I can go through it anytime I want to. And, you know, I've, I've heard things from other, that's, 
invading your child's privacy and blah, blah, blah. You know what? You're damn right it is. But I pay for that phone. I bought that phone. I pay for the service. So technically it's mine. I want to know what the, to I want to know what the hell they're doing on there. Exactly, because it's my responsibility as his father to make sure he's safe. It's not the government's responsibility to make sure that my kid's safe. It's mine. Exactly. You know, so you damn right I'm going to invade his privacy because uh, you know what? He didn't get any of that until he moves out of my house and has his own place. And then as my mother informed me after I did that, that only applies when I'm not there. Otherwise, I'm still the boss. <laughs> you know, I'm, that's just the way. Oh, I forgot. My mom did tell me that once. She was at my house. It was like Christmas or something with the kids. And I said, didn't you tell me when I had my own place I could make my own rules? She's like, I did. I forgot to tell you except for when I'm there. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So now I'm just flat out honest with my kids. I'm like, you never get to make your own rules if I'm around. When you have your own house, you make your own rules, except when dad is there. They laugh at that, but I think they are going to find out it's true. All right. Let's, uh, Let's take our break. We're coming back. And Isaac has some, uh, some pretty good news. It's been an up and down episode, but I think we've, we've got to talk about a lot of things that we believe that, that aren't just important to us, but important to you, the listener, and you, the veteran, and you, the proud American. And, and people say, well, what about other people? You always say proud American or veteran. Well, to me, there's only two people. We'll be right back on the Moonshine Jones podcast. All right, we're back here on the Moonshine Jones podcast. This is part three. I got to tell you, if you haven't been listening to the show, really excited about what we're doing here. And it's an honor to have veterans and proud Americans come on and talk sports, talk about life. I, I enjoy doing the biographies. Now that I went through my umpteenth surgery in a different capacity uh, that I take full responsibility for, um, but uh, I'm looking to uh, really steam ahead with the podcast. But before we get to the next part of the segment here, the next segment, we're going to talk about something really special. I wanted to ask Isaac what has this meant to you as far as being a part of this podcast? Um, go ahead and tell people. I, what I want to do is just kind of let people know how, how much this means to me and to Isaac to be able to come to you guys and talk about things. You know, the first time you, uh, you invited me on, uh, it was before we started the Bet to Bet show. Um, it was before we did any of the other I did any of the other shows that I do as a part of, of this system of podcasts. And it was like, I was just so grateful for the opportunity to come on and just chat with you about, you know, I don't even remember the first one I think was, was it Blake? I think it was. And we came on and talked about Jacob Blake and this area and, 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 and stuff like that. And then you asked me to come on again. And then I told you about my, idea for a show and you gave me this this opportunity to share with other veterans and to share with proud Americans and to share with other you know parents that have gone through single parenting and divorces and stuff like that or that are going through it that you know 
might feel like they're alone to hopefully be that person that keeps them from becoming one of the 22 if they're a veteran or if as, as just a proud American, one of the 132 every day. You know, I just, if, if I can help through my experiences and, and your experiences, uh, keep somebody living, man, that's, that's all I want is to just help. And, and it's therapeutic for me to come on and talk about these things. Um, I always had a dream of being like a sports analyst. So getting the MMA show, which coming from being a, a wrestler and having done some different martial arts things and combatives in the army, I have an understanding of what these guys do and are going through. And so, so to analyze that is awesome. Um, you know, this, this week's episode that I'll be doing on that is going to be discussing some, uh, some problems I see with weight cutting. Uh, they had a fight scrap today from, from weight cuts and, and talk the dangers. If somebody's listening, that is a veteran that, you know, a lot of veterans get out. They might not do the 20 years, but they've been doing the combatives and they go to training MMA and how dangerous that weight cut can be for them. But weight smart and that kind of ideas. And just to be able to help and, and talk about these things, it, it means a lot to me. And to, to talk to like-minded Americans and to provide that centrist view, that slightly different, not all the way left different view of yours, but slightly different view from yours giving more perspective to people and we're teaching people that you don't have to agree on everything to love each other and to be brothers and to have each other's back um i was saddened when i seen recently some interaction you'd had on that terrible facebook with somebody who said you're out of the brotherhood you know sorry bud but you just don't understand what brotherhood means that you just don't get it yeah, they they really didn't get the whole. Uh, <laughs> they really didn't get the whole the point of um, of uh, being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, called me a Biden like, supporter. <laughs> it's like saying that I have season tickets to Alabama football. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'd ask if you were committed right now or if you, I would think you were kidnapped. If you said you had season tickets to Al, for Alabama, I'd be on my way to Tennessee to find your kidnappers. <laughs> that's the key word, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> or, that, or, that's a safe word? Or Florida. Or Florida. But, uh, all right. That's great, man. I just wanted people to kind of get an idea of, of what you're doing and, and by the way, I don't know. People don't understand. You know, we are building this. And again, if if this does what this does, as far as gives veterans an opportunity to tell their story, to to shine a light on what they've been through, then then we have already succeeded, and we have. Uh, it's just an honor to let. And and I want people to know too, like Brandon Sodergren. Um, and Michael Hamilev, and, and I mentioned right now just the veterans, but um, you know, people that have been involved in this, um, it is just it's so great to have so many people involved in this, and the work especially that you and Brandon do is ridiculous. Brandon's writing articles. You've got doggone <laughs> like three shows. 
and uh, well, it's just great, man. I'm just, know, I'm really proud of what you're doing, and it's an honor to have you part of this. I listened to um, your your Tennessee uh, post game, and that guy, man, I thought I was listening to ESPN radio. Oh, it was ridiculous. See, he's Paul Yankowski. Oh my goodness! I mean, it was it was, and it was it was inspiring to me for the MMA show. It's why I I I said the two guests suggestions that I said, one of them being, you know, he's an SF guy. He's an operator. He's one of us, you know, and he's an MMA fighter. So if I'm talking to him about this stuff, he could break stuff down better than I can. Yeah. And that would be just awesome to, to get his views on, on America, on Kobe Covington and some of these other great fighters that are out there. I have a feeling him and Kobe probably would get along. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I could be wrong. Okay. So drying our eyes here. Let's uh, we'll maybe we'll maybe need to bring him out here again. But you have not just a story, but you also have our vet of the week. Go ahead and tell us about that. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the same story I started with you. So Tuesday, I stopped at a local gas station that offers uh, you. Know, pizzas and stuff and they'll make them to order. So I'd order three pizzas to drop off for my boys because the ex woke up late for work and didn't have a chance to get him any food. So I'm coming through about 5.30, I see a van with government plates and there's about six or seven Marines. And I'm no, we're nowhere near a Marine base. So it was just odd to me, you know, we got to, if I see somebody in army uniform, it never throws me off because we've got so many National Guard armories around. I'm going to see them from time to time. But this was different, and they were in their dress uniforms. So I approached one to talk to him, you know, thank him for his service and all that uh, stuff. And I just asked, I said, what brings you to this area? And I said, if I'd have known you were coming through, I'd have got some crayons. He said, well, I'm hungry. I would have appreciated some crayons. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, you know, we uh, just escorted, or we're here for a funeral. And I was like, oh, no, you know. And he's like, well, actually, we, uh, it wasn't a young guy. And he goes, wait a minute, yeah, he was. So we just escorted home a body of a World War II um, Marine that was killed in action in 1943. And they just verified his body in February. And wow. we just escorted him home for burial. Mm-hmm. So I waited to hear more news on it, and I went to the visit, public visitation this afternoon, and the man's name was Sergeant Dwayne Oliver Cole, and I have here um, the, the obit from, from the funeral home, so I'm going to read that if that's all right. No, absolutely. Um, Go ahead. S- Sergeant Dwayne Cole was killed in action at Tarawa on November 20th, 1943. So he was 23 years old. Well, probably serving his country. Dwayne Cole was born March 8th, 1920 in Spooner, Wisconsin to George and Hattie Cole. Dwayne lived in Baronet for the first seven years of his life and attended the Brickyard School before moving to Niles, Michigan in 1939. He graduated, oh no, 
1939, he graduated from Niles High School. Shortly after graduation, he got a job at Garden City Fan Company as a spray painter. On September 4th of 41, he enlisted in the Marine Corps and did his basic training in San Diego, shortly after the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Uh, Private First Class Coal was shipped first to Samoa, then to Guadalcanal, where he got his first taste of combat. As a result of his leadership skills shown during his, his combat time in Guadalcanal, Dwayne was promoted to sergeant. He met, his next stop was New Zealand for R&R. During his time in New Zealand, the effects of malaria he had contracted in Guadalcanal was taking its toll. However, Dwayne did not let it stop him, and he continued to impress his superiors with his leadership. New Zealand is also the place where he met his sweetheart, Muriel, with whom he sent many letters. And actually, at the home they had, at the funeral home, they had many of the letters, they had copies of the letters he had written and she had written. Um, so that was kind of cool to see those. Dwayne then got orders to ship out to Tarawa to take part in the offensive to take control of the island from the Japanese. The battle lasted three days during which 1,000 men were killed and 2,000 more were injured. On the first day of the battle, November 20th, 1943, Duane was one of the fallen. His body was not recovered. It was not until Christmas Eve that his parents were notified of their son's death. While there are no eyewitness accounts of Duane's last moments, his family knows that he served his country with great honor and pride. At the time of his death, was survived by his parents, George and Hattie Cole, siblings Eva Molberg, Mary Molberg, Agnes Nelson, Esther Middlestaff, Harley Cole, Kenneth Cole, Emma Toots Cole, Emily Dolly Jurgensen, David Cole, and his New Zealand sweetheart, Muriel. He had been preceded in death by his siblings, Milton, Milton Noah, Ruth Naomi, Raymond Paul, Baby Girl, and Rebecca Cole. Thanks to the history flight and some DNA testing, Sergeant Dwayne Cole's remains were found and identified on February 24, 2020. The Department of Prisoners of War and Missing in Action Accounting Agency officially announced that Sergeant Dwayne Cole would be coming home. His family will now finally be able to lay him to rest. His public memorial was today. Tomorrow will be a private family service, and on Saturday, he will be laid to rest at Northern Wisconsin Veterans Memorial Cemetery in Schooner, Wisconsin. Welcome home, hero Sergeant Dwayne Oliver Cole, Marine. Hoorah, 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 all the eyes, um, and I mean that with all respect. Fabulous job there. Can you kind of tell people what your opinion is on how important this is? I, this is everything. Um, dude, we have so many MIA and, and, and so many families that have never gotten to that either know their loved one or is gone or never heard who deserve the opportunity to um, lay their loved ones, their heroes to rest back home where they belong, where they can lay flowers and wreaths. 
And, um, yeah, I thought it was important that my, well, actually my girlfriend and I both thought it was important that our daughter see how important this was and see how you pay respects to our heroes and to our, our protectors. And, um, I met Sergeant Cole's great nephew. Um, so man, much in a position I, I've, I find myself in myself, we've talked about it before on here, that I never met his great uncle, um, but knows that he died a hero fighting for this country. Um, he's the one whose DNA they used to identify Sergeant Cole. That's, how um, many people were there? There was, you know, um, a lot of older guys with vet hats leaving when I got there. There's about 10 people inside that were still there that I think were family. Mm -hmm. um, the great nephew and I think his children and stuff, um, that was his, his um, grandmother's brother. So I don't think there were, I don't think he has many of his siblings or any of his siblings that are left at this time, uh, which is one of the reasons why I felt like I, I needed, I just felt this was not like the meeting of the Marines on Tuesday, finding out about today over from my girlfriend who actually messaged me and said she heard it on the radio that public visitation was today. I don't think any of that was an accident. I just felt like I had to be there. Like this is a, a brother in arms that um, may not have many family or loved ones um, or people he served with left. And I need to represent, as a member of the military veteran community, I need to be there to say welcome home and to pay my respects to this man. Well, and the fact is, how far was that from where you're from? Um, I'm from Rice Lake, Baronet, where he was raised as a 20-minute drive, and he was born a half hour from where I was born. Okay, so that was convenient for you and your schedule, so... Yes. And the fact that yeah. he is a fellow uh, cheesehead, a Wisconsinite, I mean, that's 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 important, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know, you know, if it was somebody was brought home to Costa or the local area there, Chattanooga, you'd be there, too, you know? It's just... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just something that, that just ached at me that said I had to be there. As soon as I found out about it, I just had I had to go. And I, I even did a Facebook post, which then goes to show just how things are, that, that gave the time and that, hey, you know, if you're a proud American or veteran, let's go pay our respects to this man, this, this, this hero that died during the, the biggest war, not only to protect America, but to protect the world. Yes. This wasn't just about, World War II wasn't just about us. No. It was about the world. I mean, it was about true anti-fascism. True. <laughs> true anti-fascism. You like that? Do you like that statement? I, I like that. Let me ask yeah. you something. If, J if Japan doesn't bomb Pearl Harbor, FDR had already said that they weren't going to join. What do you think happens? Well... 
God, I hate to give credit to these guys. I think Russia still kicks their ass. Yeah. I, I'm like you. I think uh, you love history. I've, um, I've watched a lot of documentaries where uh, Stalin was always keeping an eye on Hitler. And Hitler was just the, the greedy kid at the bakery that had been told he could have he could have this, he could have that. And then he went and got this, that, and that, and the other, and this, and that, and this, and that. And he just, I mean, he showed his cards way too soon. Um, now, mind you, I am a no, I know the world we live in today. I knew it. I knew he's pro-Hitler. Hell no. No, no. Hell no. Double hell no. But. I'm saying is as far as strategic goes, like in the movie Full Metal Jacket, where they said um, who was so and so that fired from the uh, the tower at the University of Texas, which is true, and he was a Marine. Um, it, you take out the emotion of it and you throw in the strategy of it, and Hitler was just too greedy. He just showed his cards way too soon. And if he would have done things the right way, he may have succeeded. But um, greed just got the best of him. I've always said that myself. It was he was not an idiot. No, he was not a stupid man. He was a greedy man, and that for some reason thought he was so powerful, and he believed his own bullshit. Yeah, that was his other biggest issue. So he thought he was so great, so much better than everybody else, that his German power could do what no one else has been able to do and fight basically two wars at the same time on two different fronts without exactly. completing and shortening that, that his forces. Like, that's, that was the biggest thing, trying to fight Russia in Russia and then fight us on the other side. Exactly. It just didn't work. And, and Japan knew they fucked up when they attacked us. They even said it. Like, I'm afraid that that was bad idea. We woke up a sleeping giant. And sleeping giant, yeah. Has Hitler ever heard of Napoleon? He did the same damn thing he did a hundred years before. And oh, to- but, you know, narcissists believe that that will never happen to me because I'm smarter and better than he was. And if you don't think Hitler was a narcissist, I don't know well, I don't know. I, I don't think there's too many words negatively that hasn't been connected with Adolf Hitler. You know, he's, he was a he was a psychopath and a narcissist. You know, he really believed that he was so he was going to show the superiors from World War One how smart he was and how wrong they were, and he was going to control the world. And man, for a little while there. I think a lot of people were afraid he was right. Well, he it, well, and here's yeah. the th- thing too is that when when the um, what's the word uh, when the repercussions is the word I'll use when they came down after World War One and I'm not using the correct terminology I'm trying to think of it the uh, that's what fueled Hitler was the fact that he was smart enough to stand up and say to the Germans that were absolutely devastated by by having to pay all that money that they had to pay. Sanctions. Yes, yeah, sanctions. Sanctions. 
think there's another word, but maybe I'm maybe you're right. Um, or reparations? Eh, no. Uh, but anyway, but that's what that's what made Hitler. And and again, I'm not blaming anybody for for making Hitler. I'm saying that that's what fueled what Hitler became because he said, listen, Germany, I mean, what do you have to lose? Let's be proud to be German. And look what happened. Well, he rose them up, that's for sure. He, uh, you know, he rallied them. Um, and his ideas at that time worked at that time. Um, to get his people all fired up. They needed somebody to blame, and he found a perfect scapegoat, unfortunately. Yeah. A lot of people died because of that. Oh, and, millions uh, of people died. And his, his greed, his ego, maybe even better to say, his ego uh, got the better of him, thankfully. Thankfully, I think even if we wouldn't have gotten involved, I think Russia would have taken him out, but the problem would have been, then everything would have been, um, probably would have ended up being all Soviet controlled and all communist instead of the way it turned out. There would have been no splitting of Germany. It just would have been communist still. Before we... It's a different, terrible regime, that's all. Oh, yeah. Before we end this episode... This may be one of my favorite episodes. I want to tell you, I was doing Uber the other night, and I picked up two gentlemen that were um, in a small RV, and they were riding all over the southeast, this and that. And they told me about their family. Well, I'm excuse me, uh, one of them was telling me about their family that was behind the Iron Curtain, which was West Berlin, East Berlin. And they actually, he told me how they escaped. And I just want to share this with you before we go tonight. They they were smuggled across the lines into into West Berlin, excuse me, East Berlin to West Berlin. And the guy that smuggled them left them in the middle of the forest and they had to separate. Well, one side of the family was caught and the other side of the family escaped. And when they escaped, they made it to West Berlin. Well, the other side of the family the way the trains ran, they would not stop in West Berlin. They crossed over, but they kept going. Did you know that his family, the side that was still captive in East Berlin, opened up the the the, the rail doors, the cart doors, and jumped out, and they all broke their arms? But they they made it to uh, they made it to safety. They made it to to West Berlin um, over the wall, and um, I was just it's those kind of stories 
that just make me proud to be an American and be proud to be part of the construction that we have of freedom in this country. You, you, you remember back in one of your kids, like the first thing as a kid that really like you knew was, man, this is a big deal. Like this is something I need to remember for the rest of my life. Like this is historic, but you're a kid and it just finally clicks. Like there's other stuff that you experienced that was historic, but you're probably too young to really wrap your head around how incredible it really was. Um, mine was the Berlin Wall coming down. Like I didn't 100% know what was going on, but I knew this was an epic like moment in, in not only American history or German history, but in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. I just knew this was something I needed to remember for watching on TV as these people crying, being reunited with family they haven't seen in 40 plus years and, you know, um, taking sledgehammers to this wall. And um, ironically, what really got my attention as a kid to the whole Berlin Wall thing and to, to what was going on was the Scorpion song, Wind of Change. Yes. And that music video on MTV. Yeah. You know, it really just, I don't know, that, when you brought that up, that, that just, it brought me back to that the first time I saw that video and watching, you know, uh, Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev tear down that, you know. Yeah. That, that it was just a, an epic moment. And, you know, I, I do remember being a kid and we watched the Challenger thing, but I was like five. You know, um, it didn't really register with me how important that was. I know it now. But even as a, a kid in 1989, when the wall was coming down, I knew at nine years old that this is, I mean, this is pretty damn important. I couldn't agree um, more, man. Um, I think everybody has that moment that sticks out from when they were a kid when, you know, because we've all lived through historic things, whether we realized it at the time or not, you know. Um and some of them have more significance on us than others. Like, I remember where I was when uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. When Waco happened. When yeah. I can tell you everything of where I was when 9-11 took place. I could tell you my entire day and what stuff smelled like that day. Yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was on a whole nother level. I was already in the Army. I volunteered in 98. I can't even imagine. So I had already been in. We need to do an episode on that day for you being in the military. In fact, I don't I don't want to continue anymore because that's going to be fantastic to hear your day, that day being in the military. And I can't imagine your head spinning. It was, yeah, it was pretty intense. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Especially, you know, because somebody posted this year, you know, where were you on 9-11? And I, boom, this is what I was doing right when the, you know, plane hit. And somebody was like, that's awfully damn detailed. I said, I was in the service. I will never forget my entire life. can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't even imagine (laughs) being in the military. All right. Hey, awesome job as always. I love you, brother. And, um. I really appreciate our friendship. Um, I, I'm 
I really think a lot of you, son. Feeling is mutual, brother. Um, like I said, you ever get that feeling again, just pick up your phone, man. Yeah. I'll answer. If I'm asleep, you might have to call twice because I kind of sleep hard, but I will wake up. All right, brother. That is and was and is veteran dad, Isaac Schreiber. He's got a new show. Um, I'm thinking something maybe like, I'll let you start figuring out titles to your shows, but I'm thinking maybe something like MMA with Isaac or something like that. I mean, That's not a bad one. Um, I like the vet MMA from the beginning. Yeah. That was good. Vet MMA with Isaac Schreiber. Um, just just really honored to have you on, man. And uh, you have a great night tonight. And I look forward to talking with you soon, okay? Sounds good, brother. Okay. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, tag me on that thing called Facebook uh, with the information on our Vet of the Week, okay? Will do. Okay, brother. All right. Have a great night. You too, brother. All right, bud. That was Isaac Schreiber. This is Vet to Vet. I'm Moonshine Jones. It's an honor to be able to do what we're doing here. And thank you for listening. And um, thank you for allowing us to share our our feelings about things in our country. And uh, have a great night. And go USA.